Hello and uh, welcome to XI Cafe. Uh, this is the Experience Improvement Podcast brought to you by InMoment. Um, my name is Simon Benz. Hi, um, I'm Sales Director here at InMoment. And today we're talking to Katie, Katie Bogg. Um, Hi everybody. Customer, <laughs> customer Experience and Insights Manager at Commonwealth Super Corporation about how they relaunched their CX program to achieve higher customer engagement and positive business outcomes. Hello and welcome Katie. Hi, Simon. Jump the gun on my greeting because I'm so excited, but hello, everybody. <laughs> All right. So let's just start with with you and CSC. Why don't you tell us a bit about CSC and then also what your role there involves? So CSC, in the name, um, Commonwealth Superannuation Corporation, we look after superannuation for the Australian Defence Force and the Australian Public Service. Okay. So we actually turned 100 this year, so we're very wow. old. For most of that time period, we've had no competition. For most of our customers, no competition. So interesting environment. We are government. We are financial services. So we have the double whammy of regulation and rules. And we love to follow them, which is not my strength um, personally. But uh, that's us. It's interesting. It's fun. Uh, Lots of rules. Lots of changes every single day. And then uh, my role in the business, I've actually been here since 2007. So I've grown up here, really. Uh, but 2017, I had the opportunity to start building a role around um, voice of customer. So that's where my voice of customer journey really started. Um, and now my team, we've kind of two streams, uh, part of us looking after voice of customer, looking after all of the insights. Uh, and then the CX, so journeys, personas, <laughs> hassling people to make a change for me. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, and, I mean, 100 years, I didn't even know superannuation was around for that long. Only for politicians, probably. So, <laughs> got it, and got Defence it. Force, so. Got it. I can imagine that there's a lot, of, um, a lot of processes that have been very well established that may have may or may not be appropriate for the current world yeah it's funny looking it's 100 years so people are pulling out all of these um weird binders and facts in our first annual report which is like a yellow brick (laughs) that took us like three years to make so we've come a long way okay okay got it i've got a a sense of where you are government plus finance that's too many regulations for my tiny little brain to even comprehend mine too (laughs) <laughs> um so when you so you decided to relaunch back in 2019 is that right yes. so when um when you decided to relaunch what was the cx program looking like at the time we had a lot well i think we had a lot of survey we had quite yeah. a few so we okay we were asking a lot of questions of our customers so our first one in 2017 we found a lot of issues that we'd known about for a really long time. We just hadn't <laughs> done anything about it. Yeah. Um, we actually were kind of just post-merger at that point as well. So we had part APS, so part very public service, part government-owned corporate entity. Yeah. And we all came together. So the culture was post-merger culture. I'm sure if anyone's been through it, you know what I'm talking about. So that was a challenge. But really <laughs> what we were suffering from is we were listening and I had this huge desire to like make sure that the time that our customers spent telling us what was happening 
was being reflected in change, but yeah. that was the part we didn't get. So we were listening, we were kind okay. of learning, and that's where that cycle ended for us. So, right. so if you think um, about the listen, analyze, and act framework, you kind of had the listen bit down pat, but the analyze and act bit still needed a bit of bit of work. I mean, Especially as far the as the dashboards in the platform, we had a few, but yeah, it was, okay. the team was me, half my job, <laughs> and um, <laughs> a lot of challenges and a lot of um, trying to understand, like, where do we pitch, like, who wants to listen, um, really figuring out how to take the next step. And then 2019, I say I decided to relaunch. I got a new boss. Okay. Uh, we got our first CCO, which I was very excited about. He probably is the only person I've ever met that rivals me in like being obsessed with customers and being endlessly optimistic. So he was like, why don't we just change everything you've built, Katie? And I was like, well, why not, PJ? Let us go. So we uh, decided to just tear everything down and start again and make a change. Okay. So what were the... <laughs> no, that sounds good. That's a good enough reason. Um, were, there, were there any other reasons for driving the change, or was it really you and you and PJ deciding that you, you saw a gap that you know, getting the insights coming in, not really making change off the back of it? There's there's definite work to be done, or was there anything else that precipitated the change? Well, it was that um, I think him coming in really just enabled me to go like have a look at the program, have a look at the questions, and. Are we actually asking the questions that customers want to answer? Yeah. Like we're asking what we want to know, not what the customer wants to tell us. And so with that frame, um, it almost enabled us to go, well, if we, we start with our surveys, we have a look at what they look like. We have a look at why we're even doing what we're doing in our space. And of course, if we're asking the rest of the business to take our feedback on board, like we need to yeah. take that feedback on board ourselves. And really trying to use that as the catalyst to increase that internal engagement, get the message out to the rest of the business and um, start to move those business and client outcomes. Because we had a few that were all just things my friends did for me in the business because I <laughs> called in a favour. Like we could call this podcast like Katie's great friends and what they did for her and how I built a program from it, honestly. Um, but we wanted to take it away from like favours from friends and really turn it into a program. We'll come to that in a bit because that's actually quite a, one of my favourite parts of your entire program is one of the is how you is how you drive through change. So we'll come we'll come to that in a bit. Um, when you first started um, doing the the kind of the the revamp of the program, were there any initial challenges or was there any road roadblocks to 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 that transformation? I mean, a few. Um, I think the big one just goes back to that culture. So. Finance plus government equals layers and layers and layers and layers and layers, each of those layers with a crazy set of rules. Um, we value compliance and we value rule following and we value not taking risk, oh, yeah. <laughs> probably too much. Um, or we did at that time and that's definitely yeah. shifted. So what we were coming up against was there was so much desire from business to change and be customer centric, but a real fear of doing that and breaking the rules or like, oh, what happens if it goes wrong? Or what happens if, you know, someone does something that their boss did not quite articulate? So getting past that sort of compliance value. And then this business is full of incredible people, yeah. um, but incredibly experienced people who've done things the same way their whole yeah. career. 
and they were so smart and I think super can sometimes be quite paternalistic like we know what's best because it's complicated people aren't engaged so trying to break through that um respectfully like without alienating people and without sort of seeming to hint that they weren't doing the right thing for the customer because absolutely were it's just giving them more information to do the most right thing but are we, are we talking about the kind of situation where someone really has got the customer's best interest at heart but it's more that they think they know what the customer wants rather than necessarily listening to what the customer is telling them yeah absolutely got you got you um, and in terms of the, the compliance thing, it's quite an interesting thing because it feels like some some organizations I speak to, that becomes a safety automatic no, where as soon as something gets hard, I can't do it for compliance. It still feels like it's the easiest cop-out. No, that's the wrong way of describing it, but you know what I mean? Like it's the easiest way of of not doing something that could potentially be difficult or... or... 100%. How did you overcome that? Saying it's an excuse, but it's an excuse. Um, <laughs> I think the other you said, part you said of it. You said it. <laughs> I flirted with for this was like Katie breaking all the rules. But um, yeah. I think for me, it was like, well, let's start small. Okay. Uh, let's pick our battles. So I did try the big stuff first and that was okay. not not the, the most successful approach. What happened there? <laughs> the re- well, it just went nowhere. It was too many okay. people and the attitude is like, oh, Katie, whose job is it to fix this? Yeah. Uh, your, yours? Like, yeah. so um, really I worked on like, who are my advocates? Who are the people in this business um, who are kind of ready to push the boundaries just a little bit? And then me figuring out like how much of a boundary am I? have I got to work with in this situation? So once I could do that, once I could find those champions and make those tiny changes, then I would find a way to measure that success. It helps when you're running the whole survey program. Yeah. And then I would shout that thing from the rooftops. I would celebrate that person, like balloons, streamers, emails, anything I could do to showcase, like you just made this big change. You were so brave. I didn't really bring balloons and streamers, by the way. Yeah. But I'm like imagining that a lot. I can imagine the gifts at the end of your emails. I can imagine there's, there's quite a lot of images and, and things coming oh my through. God. <laughs> I'm a menace <laughs> but people love it people love to be celebrated and I don't think we yeah. do that enough so there's a gap and I filled it um and so people wanted that because people are sitting back I think it's like FOMO like I had that idea as well so well tell me like let's do this yeah. and I don't think I realized at the time what I was doing I was just like hustling but looking back it's all of those little tiny things that we did that got us ready yeah. to be where we are today and it's just using finding those people who have a skill sucking up all their intelligence and then getting their help to okay was this done i mean this is if if you break down everything you do this is one of the most important win themes and we we don't want to trivialize it or skim over it because it's it's been it's been in a massive important part of the win you not not coming in even though you know i think you said to me once before that you you obviously knew all of the wonderful good things you could do, but it wasn't what you knew you could do. It's more that what you knew you could get done. It was was the the choices you had to make. And you're saying that a large part of that was finding finding champions and people internally that were willing to take a bit of a risk and put a bit of an effort in to help you push through, even if it was the smallest thing. 
was that something that you you formalized did you map out the the company and try or was it just something you you did because you're crazy and everyone loves you and the last one i don't think i've formalized anything in my life um yeah. but yeah i mean i've been here such a long time and i sort of know so many people in the business like lucky we're a pretty pretty small company um and I know what people care about like everybody has that thing right that they're so yeah. mad about like this customer had this awful thing happen and we're just not working on it or yeah, particular yeah, yeah. people have these particular products that they're just obsessed with they just love it so much so it's kind of like who do I know who has a passion and how do I capitalize on that passion or how do I like find someone with an idea that matches what our customers need and then like by <laughs> done nothing but connect people all the way along yeah get them working on something and then get that pushed out and we have our customer panel which is honestly the greatest thing ever because if people are afraid then I just go to the customer panel yeah, they tell us it. if they like it or not and again it's just that celebratory thing of when you do something for a customer and you can immediately have that customer come back and be like yes this is awesome so much better it just energizes you right 100 percent. so before we move on could you is there a sort of one example that stands out of in the early days back in say the early days back in 2019 early 2020 of these early wins that you, you selected you got a, a champion and they they helped you um to do something that improved a customer outcome that you could celebrate I mean, it's such a little one um, that we had. Uh, one of our big issues is logging onto online services. So everyone's big solution to that is fix online services. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but that's not easy or cheap. Um, and I don't work in technology nor understand it. But we had someone in the call center and I was talking to them and they're like, you know what the problem is? We don't even tell people that their login changes <laughs> when they become a pensioner which sounded silly to me. So I was like, all right, so what do I need to do to fix that? She goes, well, we should be going out with this, you know, this news uh, welcome email for pensioners and it should say all this stuff and it would just help immensely. And I've wanted it for such a long time. I was like, oh my gosh, amazing. You know who would love this? Went to my friend who runs our comps. And I was yeah. like, oh, I heard the saddest thing about our pensioners. Like, can you believe? She's like, Katie, that's awful. I need to fix it. And I was like, amazing who else oh there's a lady who looks after our pensioners i'll get her on board and i basically just went and picked friends told sob stories told what i needed to tell and then like honestly three weeks later i had a product wow. and i was like okay cool who needs to launch this and we just got it done and it was so big not only for our customers and honestly we should have been doing it for ages but for that person in the call center who was just so <laughs> mad about taking the same call over and over again um, and that was big for us because then she kept coming to us with more and more and more ideas. Yeah. And then I probably rolled that story out for the following year and a half until I got something better. <laughs> it's a good story. It's a good story. And you're able, obviously, I can, I can imagine that's quite an easy one to track the success. You could probably link it to reduction of inbound calls and all of that type of thing, reduction in cost to serve. Probably made yeah. that individual look like an absolute rock star. Absolutely. <laughs> now everyone else wants to be a rock star. Oh, well. <laughs> Didn't make it look like too much of a rock star. So <laughs> what, the transformation itself, the large part of it was a, was a program rebrand. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, 
again, this is like who is Katie friends with, but I'm really great friends with our <laughs> brand manager. Yeah. And I was talking to him about the challenges and I was like, we've just got this great stuff and I don't know how to get people to listen to it. I don't know how to get beyond where we are. So um, he uh, kind of connected us with our brand agency and we ended up branding the program, The Compass. Um, obsessed with the name because now I have like a range of really cool imagery to go along with it. But um, really what was so powerful for us in that process was we defined the purpose yeah. So trying to understand, like, what even is this thing about that we're doing? And we settled on a purpose, which was a, about the compass allows everybody to move in the right direction from our customers. We use feet oh, from our customers for our customers. We use feedback to make the right changes and we can test where we're going and re-navigate as needed, uh, articulated yeah. much much better. Um, and it was that purpose that really changed everything for us because every decision we made after that and all of the success that we ended up having in internal engagement all linked back to the concept of this is just a tool that everyone uses to tell us what to do next. This is for everybody. It's not yeah. for the exec to make decisions. It's not for a reporting cycle. Like this is not about reporting at all. It's for yeah. everyone to use. And that kind of extension of ownership and that concept of like let's just be brave enough to take a step forward because if it's the wrong step forward the compass will tell us and I always get this imagery because I'm consistently lost in the middle of Sydney whenever I go there just like wandering in circles you know with my map in front of me I uh, still haven't learned how to use it but that's really what the compass is about like someone tell me where to go <laughs> Okay. Let me make sure I'm on track and I'll get where I need to be. So you you made an interesting point there. So what's the ownership of the program? Who owns who owns it? We're trying to make sure everybody owns it. Um, because okay. I am very noisy, very loud, very in everyone's face. One of the challenges was then it was like, well, that's Katie's thing. Yeah. Um, so we're in that process of really making sure everyone owns it. So for me, the compass isn't about a survey. <laughs> It's yeah. about what our customers need. So that's complaints, that's operational data, that's yeah. having a conversation on the phone and hearing from a customer that they don't like something or they need something or that they love something and we should do more of that thing. Um, so the compass is really at this point growing to be everyone who has ideas and insights are part of the compass. And the compass belongs to everybody to use and interact with. And that's that's been a journey, but I think we're at a really good point there. So okay. how did you increase engagement of the program? Um, Apart I from just, you just being super enthusiastic and telling everyone about it many times. <laughs> um, well, that was like really something um, Shannon in my team calls it experiments in engagement. Um, okay. But we tried a lot of things and then one of them stuck. Uh, so we used to hold what we call a compass forum, originally Bok forum, didn't have a, such a good ring to it. So the compass forum, and we were told that we could invite certain people. So the attendance list was given to us from, from our managers or from they thought who would be interested. Um, we peaked at 10 attendees once, um, yeah. 
low point of zero attendees on one very terrible day that I decided we needed something new. Um, so what we did was we just decided that if the compass was for everybody, we were just going to invite the whole business and see what happened. So I hate saying luckily about a global pandemic, but at the time we made that decision, we also had COVID. So everyone had moved to online. Yeah. Everyone was kind of at home a little bit lost and a little bit disconnected. And then we just invited the whole business to hear about the customer. And um, that first one we had probably like 36 people come to. So I got a new high instantly. Um, but that helped us to find our advocates because this was 36 people who came to listen to wasn't their job, <laughs> hadn't been told to do it, just had an And it was crazy. It. It's like this guy from legal, this person from IT, just a bunch of really passionate people who just wanted to hear about it. Um, so we did that. Um, the next one we held, we didn't – it's hard to give monthly reporting on the topic of superannuation, which just doesn't move that quickly. Yeah. It's like, how do I make something interesting? And I had a grad – um, who joined my team uh, officially and she'd done all this work on a retirement journey as part of the grad project that I'd assigned her. So it's like, let's theme the next one about retirement so I've got something to say. And that turned into a really lucky decision because we had like 60 people show up yeah. and they were like, it's so great we've got different themes. What are you talking about next time? And I was <laughs> like, I guess we theme the Compass Forums. Um, yeah. So we just kept shifting it up and making sure we were trying to find relevant themes for different business areas and honestly it was about sharing insights with business and hoping that it got to a point where business could make a change but if I'm very honest it was an exercise in shameless self-promotion where I just told everyone in the business what I did every day and then tried to make them <laughs> want to be part of my story yeah. um now it's more about the insights than the shameless self-promotion because people get it, um, yeah. but it worked. Like we're up to, my new high is 158 people wow. in a business of about 500 just coming to hear from us. Um, we have, uh, I think two months ago, the CEO planned and opened the forum with me. Wow. Um, we have the CEO and the exec like in the chat every time, like, what about this? What are you doing? And so part of the reason people turn up is because the CEO is going to be there. So yeah, of course. they want to talk to the CEO about that idea that they had, or they want to hear what matters to him or whatever. And we've been really clever also about picking our speakers. So originally it was like, oh, my friend Will would love to talk about the thing he's got going on. I'll ask for a favor. Yeah. But then we started to think, who's not coming? And who would they love to see speak? And then I go and get their boss to host the forum with me. So then they have to come because You're their a boss sneaky, is going to be there. Oh my God, I so am. Taylor Swift is my hero and I've learned like from the best, but it works, right? Because then they come yeah. and they're like, actually, yeah, that was pretty great. I'm going to keep coming. So I think last year, we got, last financial year where I do my reporting, we got like 60% of the business come to at least one forum. So wow. everyone in the business is hearing from the customer. And how do you, apart from the forum, do you have any other type of ongoing reporting to the business? And has that shifted much over the course um, of the program? So that, um, we had started our engagement with reporting and then people just 
flicked it off because it was just another report. They didn't yeah. fully understand it. So since the, um, as part of the rebrand, we actually worked with uh, Justin from In Moment, who built us this amazing um, suite of dashboards uh, that we rolled out. Everyone thought that I was so great at my job when I did that. So thanks, Justin, <laughs> from In Moment. Um, Truth but what now. we noticed was people just started engaging because we almost taught them how to do it. Like every single yeah. forum starts with, and we measure this way, and this is how you can find it, and this is what we do. So we noticed an uptick in all of that. And now we're at the point where we're starting to redo that reporting because people, the appetite for what we deliver now is just so great. <laughs> we can do all the things we tried before and failed at. Yeah. Um, failed a lot, but yeah, so it's it's changing. It's happening. Um, we yeah. do a lot of one-on-one consulting. We try to jump into really relevant projects. So that's where we've kind of built that other expertise and that other sort of arena. Um, but the publication of the um, the Compass, we do the, um, the slide deck. We then publish the slide deck with a bit of a story. We send the slide deck to the board. So the board gets it in their decision-making and that's almost become our reporting. Okay. Which saves well, a lot of time. <laughs> and how, so looking back at the last three years, obviously I, we're actually running out of time. Um, oh, sorry. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, we do want to find out what's next. Uh, very, what's been the thing that you're most proud of? Would you say, or the moment where you're like, you know what, we've done a good job here? Has, has there been? You know a... what? It's the most random proud moment that I can think of. But there's this random guy in IT who comes to like every single forum. Loves yeah. it. Loves what we do. And I was in a meeting with him about something probably very boring. And he was like, oh, by the way, Katie, just need to thank you for the uh, onboarding pack. No worries. What happened? He's in this IT Salesforce implementation prioritization thing, which I would never, ever be invited to, right? And they were making a decision to, like, deprioritize a portion of the platform because they didn't think it was relevant. And Martin was literally pulled up my slide deck and was like, no, no, no. Katie said last month that employers are the most important part of the onboarding journey and therefore we're going to do this. And then got it straight up the priority list again. <laughs> and that was the first moment where I was like, oh, my God, like look at these decisions being made completely insights, outside of insights driven decision making in the hands of the frontline team. That's, that's, the, that's the dream, isn't it? Incredible. And who would have thought it would be like this random dude in IT and not like the people who originally got assigned to come to the Compass Forum because they're apparently the right people. Like the right people is not the person you think it is. And I that's, love that. Well, that's probably the, my biggest takeaway from speaking to you in terms of driving through change. The right people are not who've got the right job title. It's the ones that are most likely to do something about the insights that you're placing in front of them. That's that's big. So what's next? Yeah. What's what done well so far? <laughs> Can't imagine um, you're going to sit on your laurels. Where are you going next? Oh my god, I was actually thinking, do I want to relaunch again? Uh, but probably not. Um, but where we're at at the moment is, um, as evidenced by uh, that kind of story I just told, is a lot of the things that we thought we needed to do are just taking care of themselves because of the engagement. So now I'm shooting for that really strategic embedding insights into all the right processes. So I met with our EPMO. And now we're best friends. 
um, this morning. So it's like, how do I make sure that every, <laughs> every single thing that goes through the EPMO, whether it's continuous improvement, whether it's, they're going to take the innovation program now, by the way. So that's exciting. Every single decision is now going to have a customer insights lens on the back of it. Wow. Um, I met with our, he's about to get promoted, I feel, but he runs our business strategy. And I just went from one metric to like 10 in his reporting um, just like two weeks ago. So that's where I'm at at the moment, like get into every strategic decision-making point and make sure that what we're asking is really just hitting those business metrics. Um, and that means that really that big stuff is taking care of itself. The little stuff is taking care of itself. Um, and then I would say a holiday, but then I'll probably just take on something else. So. Okay. Wow. Maybe that's well, well, why don't we pick this up in six months' time and see where we're going? Because the holy grail of, I think, most CX programs is to get the insights embedded at the heart almost automatically of every decision the business makes. And it sounds like you're not far from that from that point. So I'm keen to see how that, that pans out. I would out caution next... you that I'm endlessly optimistic and this could just be like not yeah. even remotely close. But... That's where we're at. Like we've the so EPMOs much. listening to this going, what, what on earth? What? Who's Katie? Is that the lady that was knocking on the door last week? <laughs> nah, Look, being is... annoying has got me so far in life. So I'm not <laughs> going to give up now. Uh, okay. Okay. We've had one um, question and actually we're at time. I'm so sorry, Juliana. Um, we will... Um, We'll come back to you with an answer to your question. We are at time. This has been great fun, Katie. I knew it would be. It's been really insightful. There's quite a lot to take away and unpick. Um, and I think we should definitely revisit this in a few months' time to see how you've got on because I'm enjoying the evolution of where you're going. I really, 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 really appreciate your time. You've been brilliant. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. <laughs> it was quite good fun, wasn't it? <laughs> and it wasn't like Victoria said it was going to be. All right. Um, we better go. We're running over. Have a cracking afternoon. Thanks for your time. Thanks, everybody. See you. Bye.